TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. MichaelsFlooringOutlet.com. Welcome back to Overnight America. We are with you each weeknight. You can find me on Facebook, Ryan Recker Radio. is a great place to connect, send me messages. I always enjoy talking to authors with connections here to St. Louis, focusing on St. Louis. Uh, Reedy Press, they do a great job preserving a lot of great bits of St. Louis history. And this is a good one. It's an author by the name of Bill Cleveland, and his book is Finding the American Dream. He joins us now. Hey, thank you so much for coming on to KMOX. Hey, it's my pleasure. Good to be with you. So you do a lot of traveling, and what was a year like this for someone that's used to traveling a lot? Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> traveling <laughs> traveling from the kitchen, you know, to the bathroom, to the, to the bedroom, to the... Yeah, that's the only traveling I got to do. No, I, I've taken yeah. some road trips, but, you know, in a typical year, I do probably, I don't know, maybe 40 places around the United States, you know, best big cities and small towns and everything. And, and this yeah. year, I think I've, you know, been like eight, you know, so it's it's been a big difference. It's cut back. Yeah, in some. And part of um, what you do in the book is called Finding the American Dream. So did you find it? (laughs) I think I found it quite a while ago. I've been, you know, in this business for 20, I think 21 years. So I'm I'm very happy that I've been able to to achieve what I, you know, set out to when I was a young guy. But um, the, the book is about people who um, you know, these iconic Americans that, you know, they overcame um, odds. They, you know, just they, they were able to achieve the American dream, even though there were people who said that they couldn't do it. Or like I said, they had these you know great odds in front of them. And uh, I will tell you, it was just really refreshing to go back and, um, and, and learn about all of these great people, people that you know, uh, you know, you've heard many of these names before, but to uh, go back and, and realize what so many of them overcame and, um, you know, to become famous or to become successful um, and, and, you know, just kind of proves that anybody can do it if they're willing, willing to, uh, you know, to work hard. Anyone can do it. I like that. That's a good message. That is the American dream. And the book is mm-hmm. out now, Finding the American Dream. And there's some entries in this book that include ties to St. Louis and, of course, the state of Missouri. And I was going through the list, and I wanted to talk to you about a few of those. There are some that I really am unfamiliar with. Now, I'm a transplant. I moved here in 2017. So I've heard a lot of these stories, but I haven't heard all the stories. So when I saw J.C. Penney on the list, I was curious his ties to Missouri. 
Yeah, so he's going to be on the Kansas City side. Um, what's interesting, so J.C. Penny, uh, not on the Kansas City side, the um, actually middle of the state, uh, right along what's called the, um, the the Genius Highway. It's this really great stretch between Hannibal, Missouri, so about two hours north of St. Louis, all the way over to St. Joseph, Missouri, which is you know closer to Kansas City, and you can take this. It'd probably take you maybe two, two and a half days if you really want to see everything. But it's incredible. All of the American pioneers who, you know, come across this stretch of highway. And J.C. Penney is one of those people. And, and uh, he's from Hamilton, Missouri, which is this really, until recently, this little, was, was kind of a know-nothing, you know, little town. And uh, got his start there. And now he didn't start his first store in, in Missouri, but um, that's that's where he was born that's where he, he was from. And, you know, it's interesting about Hamilton now. One of the other folks that I feature in the book um, is a lady named Jenny Dolan, and she's from Han- uh, Hamilton. And what's cool about her, she started this quilting company. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't know a stinking thing about quilting. Maybe you do. <laughs> I certainly don't. But, you know, when I went to when I went to Hamilton to, to visit the JCPenney birthplace, and they've got a little tiny museum there or whatever, I learned about this woman named Jenny Doan. And in a nutshell, this woman started doing these quilting videos on YouTube. And, um, you know, she loved to quilt. She knew a lot about quilting. And she started doing these little uh, YouTube videos. And, and she became this huge success all over the country. And so people wanted to come and they wanted to meet her because they'd been watching her videos on YouTube and learning how to quilt and, and doing different things. So she set up, you know, set up a shop and then it became pretty popular. And then there were other quilting stores, again, that moved into this what was a no-nothing area. I mean, they didn't, they didn't have a stoplight, you know. And and so now you go to Hamilton, this this pretty, pretty small little town, and there's all of these quilt stores and, and all these people are visiting and all because of this one woman who, you know, again, she had a dream. Dream, um, and she built up this town again. So it's really cool. So examples like that where these people, they just, you know, they, they, they work hard and yeah, maybe get a little, a little bit of luck, uh, and they become these, these great success stories. And, um, so yeah, I'm glad you mentioned JC Penny because, that's, uh, it makes me think of Jenny Dolan as well, but Hamilton, Missouri, who would have thought, you know, that's a lot of times who would have thought, and that's the thing when you're at a region, that has a story like that if you sit down at a diner and ask them hey tell me about this there's there's always something that only the locals would know about to share and it's even like that in you know middle-sized and sometimes you know somewhat larger cities it's just something that the locals know that the rest of the country doesn't so it's good that you're driving and finding these stories to bring to a larger audience and finding the American dream. Do you mind uh, holding on after the break? I'd love to talk to you about some of the other people and things that you put inside of the book, and maybe we can uh, maybe maybe we can make some more dreams here tonight. <laughs> sure thing, you got it. That was a lousy transition, but I gave it a shot. So Bill <laughs> Cleveland joins us, uh, a travel journalist and author, does some radio work, and his book is called Finding the American Dream, which you can find on Amazon and other places, too. Just came out not that long ago, so go check it out. We're going to continue our conversation with them next on Overnight America KMOX. Traffic and weather together every 10 minutes, mornings and afternoons on St. Louis's News Radio KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America, and 
Driving Across the Country. Oh, does that sound nice. Uh, Finding the American Dream is a book that was just released a few weeks ago at the start of the month. And joining us is the author, Bill Cleveland. Hey, uh, thank you again for coming on to Overnight America. Yeah, no problem. Good to be here. So what's the uh, best way to travel across the U.S.? Is it RV? Is it SUV? Minivan? Like, uh, what, what do you prefer? Well, I have a an SUV. It's a small SUV, which is just perfect. I travel solo, so, you know, you can hang up some clothes and have plenty of stuff in the back. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm too intimidated to get into an RV. I know a lot of people like doing that uh, for me, but, you know, the, the small SUV is, is just perfect to get out and, and see the country. And, you know, so I've been, I've been covering travel since 2013 and, and taking these road trips all over the country and starting from St. Louis. So I'm, I'm from St. Louis and it's good, good launch pad to, to do road trips across the country. Um, and, and, you know, I, I try to tell people to, to, yeah, go to the big cities, um, see all the big cities, but stop in the small towns along the way. Um, you know, too often we are so focused on getting from point A to point B and flying down the highway that we forget that there are a lot of really cool things um, that are, you know, in, in between those two points. And, and that's kind of where I have, um, you know, just really loved what I do for a living. Because you, you mentioned earlier talking to the locals, you know, that's where I've, you know, just you've made so many great friends and gotten so many great stories from stopping in these smaller and middle-sized communities where people are really happy for the attention, especially now. Um, and they're willing to talk to you and, and you kind of get, get this sense that, um, you know, even though there are differences from, from town to town all over the country, in the end, we're all pretty much the same. Um, and that's a pretty cool feeling when you start to visit with people, even though they may, you know, their accent might be a little bit different or they, you know, mispronounce words like we do here in, in St. Louis, you know, saying Washington, right? Um, but in the end, in the end, you know, we're, we're all exactly the same. We're all, we're all, we're all Americans. Uh, we all want the same things out of life. And um, I got to tell you, more than ever, especially, you know, this year, good grief. Um, it, it is nice that I've had that experience and I've, I've been out all across the country uh, and I'm able to tune out a lot of this stuff now where people seem to be all at each other's throats. Um, to, just to know that people all over the country are, by and large, pretty pretty good and decent people. Isn't that something when there's a celebrity from St. Louis, like John Hamm, on a national program, they when they want to talk about St. Louis, they ask him about, oh, yeah, what's that St. Louis accent, you know, farty far or whatever. Hmm. You know, they always act like St. Louis is this small, you know, 50,000 uh, population city in the middle of nowhere. You know, and then they're always asking him things like that. I wanted to um, ask you about a few other things that you mentioned inside Finding the American Dream and some of the different ties you're able to make. And I'm curious what you wrote about Walt Disney, because one of the things I've learned, at least the folklore, that there was a point in time where they were considering building Disneyland here in St. Louis, but they couldn't get the land deal done. So ultimately, they built somewhere else. Yeah, I, I've heard that, too. I don't, to be quite honest, I don't know if that's 100 percent accurate or, you know, I think I've heard rumors that the, the, the Bush family was going to be involved, but they, you know, the, Disney didn't want alcohol sold. I mean, there's all these, you know, all these things yeah. uh, for people who love the, the Disney connection and he was, he lived in Marceline, Missouri. So again, it's, it's back to this highway 36 that I mentioned earlier in the program, uh, the stretches from Hannibal, Missouri up to, to St. Joseph. So Marceline is one of the stops and, and this is where Walt Disney grew up. And, and this is where, now he, he was born in Chicago, but he moved to St. Louis to, I guess you could say his formative years lived in Marceline. And um, he, he spent time in this, 
it was an old uh, train depot um, where now it's this Walt Disney Museum and, you know, his childhood museum. And, and so he and his brother would run around in this train depot as kids. And, and again, today it's a museum. Uh, but when you go back to this town, you, you can you can see where all of these things started. So they have, um, you know, he also talks about, you know, the dreaming tree and anybody that's a Disney fanatic would, would know what, what that is. And, and so essentially he, you know, says as a kid, he would hang out in front of this tree and, you know, just dream up these ideas and, and would, would look out into the yard at, you know, animals, whether they were, you know, chipmunks or, you know, mice or whatever was roaming around, um, you know, he would conjure up these, um, you know, images of what would soon be, you know, cartoons and all these different characters and, and stories and everything. And of course he loved to draw. Uh, but when you go back to this little town, you, you realize, oh my gosh, this is, this is Disneyland. I mean, it, it, it has the look <laughs> of Main Street, uh, you know, USA and, and Disneyland or, or Disney World. Um, but the museum is really cool. And I have to tell you, I have been in, in tons and tons of museums. Um, and so I think I'm certified to tell you what's a good museum and what isn't a good museum. <laughs> and it really it's a really nice museum. They have a lot of unique stuff that relates to uh, Walt Disney. Um, I interviewed a woman who actually, I can't remember how old she was, but I would, if I had to guess, I would say she was in her late eighties, maybe even early nineties. And she lived in Marceline when Walt Disney made his return to town, uh, right about the time Disneyland got started out in California. And she, she, she hosted Walt Disney because she was the only person in town that had air conditioning. And so <laughs> they wanted to put Disney in the house that had air conditioning. And so, um, so it was really cool to hear her talk about those experiences. And then her daughter now owns the house that Disney lived in as a kid. Um, it's not open to the public, but, but they're really, really friendly people. So I'm sure if you knocked on the door, they would maybe let you take a quick tour. Maybe don't tell them I said that, but, uh, but wow. it was fine in the front yard. You, you can't miss it, but it's, yeah, a really cool connection to Missouri. And, um, and yeah, I just thought that was neat. She was the, the only person in town that had air conditioning. <laughs> That's hilarious. And you have to, ha- are you pretty comfortable doing that? You find a historic location, could be a home, a private residence. You'll go up, knock on the door and talk to the people inside. Well, I, I will pretty much talk to anyone. So yeah, I don't, I don't mind, but no, I don't, I don't, I'm not a, I wouldn't call myself a stalker or a creeper, but um, I, I, I was able to connect with this person uh, after the fact. And, and she did, she was very nice and, and extended an invitation the next time I, I, I go through uh, Marceline to come in and check out the house. But, um, but, you know, that's another cool thing about th- this book is that, you know, it's a, I, I want people to read these profiles, but you know, the, it's the, the travel writer in me, made it to where after you read their stories, then you have a place to actually go and, and connect with the legacy of these, of these folks. So um, you, you see where their dreams began, whether it's, you know, the house that, um, you know, Elvis Presley lived in when, when he was a kid or Johnny Cash when he was a kid or, you know, the place where these, you know, dreams started for, you know, people, uh, you know, uh, famous inventors like Thomas Edison or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be able to drive people to specific places um, so that they can see. And, you know, just honestly, to me, it's just being able to stand in some of these places and go, wow, they, they started here. Like they started here and, and they became these just, you know, these great, successful Americans. Um, it, it's just sort of inspiring. And hopefully people are inspired when they read the stories. Oh, that's cool. Finding the American Dream is the book. And by the way, if people wanted to check it out themselves, where can they find it? 
Uh, you can go to my website, which is BillOnTheRoad.com, BillOnTheRoad.com. And for anybody that enjoys travel, um, they can certainly go there and get great travel ideas. Since I am here in St. Louis, um, there's a lot of um, trips that begin in St. Louis and uh, go to other parts of the country so folks can get some good uh, road trip ideas uh, on the website as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the the interesting thing, you talk about being stalker-ish because there's all these different landmarks. There's like a whole different subculture on YouTube where there's people that go to filming locations of movies. Oh, and yeah. they'll like they'll go onto the people's front yards and you can tell some are just tired of people showing up <laughs> because they want to take a picture in front of whatever famous house it is. And then there's others that are a little bit more open and welcome to it. Um, so it's always funny. You never know what you're running into, what people know they have, what they don't know that they have. And uh, I wanted to also ask you about maybe some false positives that you may have found going to some of these small towns. So uh, just like anywhere else I've lived, there's folklore and people believe it. And then maybe after the fact, you're doing research for your book and you find out, well, actually, that wasn't true. But, you know, everyone there believes it. Do you ever run into situations like that? Um, you know, I can't say that I've run to a lot of it. Um, you know, most of the people that I that I profiled in the book were pretty well known, and their stories were were pretty well known. Um, you know, I just am, like I said, I just was really impressed going through. And this is this is the fourth travel book that I've written, fourth travel guide that I've written. Um, but I will tell you, it was the hardest to write because you have these, um, you know, for the most part, these elaborate biographies that you had to cram down into you know two or four pages and, and so it becomes well what do you what do you keep and what do you you know what do you discard uh so for me that was actually the most difficult thing you know and, and putting the book together is was, was finding what do i want to tell people about you know and so i had to be very methodical and you know i didn't want to leave out anything that was too important and we wanted to include some you know kind of little fun facts and, and that sort of sort of thing but um but i just you know like I said, in, in researching um and then you know going through the notes of you know because many of these places that i've you know i've been during my travels um and, and so you know tr- trying to um you know t- tell those stories um in the most succinct way that i possibly could that was it was difficult but hopefully we did a good job you know, i didn't realize this story is also a missouri story jc hall or joyce hall um businessman yeah. here what's this what's his connection with the area so Joyce Hall, you're talking about JC. Um, JC Hall, he was the founder of uh, Hallmark, Hallmark Card. Um, and boy, if we all could have gone back in time and figured out a way to charge four dollars for a piece of paper, right? I mean, you know what a <laughs> what a genius this guy was. But he was a genius. And um, my my favorite story about Joyce Hall was that when he was young, he and, and getting his business going, he basically sent bundles of they're, you called them postcards at the time, bundles of these postcards out to various retailers. But the, the catch was, or the thing was that none of these people ordered them. And so what he did was he he sent them out in, in bundles of a hundred with an invoice. And so, which when you think about it is, is, you know, <laughs> he sent these people these cards, and so you know, about probably half of them sent them back going, I didn't, I didn't order this, but about half of them ended up sending the money back. And so that's how he started up his business. And, and uh, you can go to home, uh, the Hallmark Visitor Center uh, in Kansas City. It's there in the Crown Center. You might be familiar with the area. It's where all the shops and things are. And uh, you can go through and you can tour. And, uh, and, and it's just absolutely amazing. And, and you walk through and you can 
see some of these artists doing their thing and, and coming up with, um, you know, ideas for cards. And I make jokes. And it is, it's, uh, you know, a little more difficult than I would lead on, to, you know, to come up with, you know, the ideas and, and the cartoons and stuff for, for cards and everything. But kind of an interactive place. But I just, I thought that was just such a great story that he just decided, you know, here, I'm just going to send people, random people, uh, my cards, and we'll see who pays who pays for them and who doesn't. <laughs> wow. So did you uh, consider doing that with your book? Did you have the idea? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know that Reedy Press would like me just uh, sending, uh, <laughs> sending copies at will to people. I don't know if, if people these days would, would send me the money back. But, uh, oh, yeah, no. No, I'm, I'm going to say a big, big no to that one. <laughs> Uh, Bill Cleveland, do you mind holding on? We can talk some more stories with sure. connections locally yep, here. Sure. I, I, I love the Walter Cronkite one. I, I'm curious that maybe we can do that after the break. And people, sure. you can find the book online, Amazon, other local bookstores. Reedy Press does a great job getting that out there to local bookstores. It's called Finding the American Dream. We'll continue next on Overnight America KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Overnight America has local author. He's also a national travel journalist, uh, radio host, does many other things. And his book that's out now just came out a few weeks back called Finding the American Dream. Bill Cleveland, again, thank you for staying with us and hanging out with us tonight on Overnight America. Yeah, sure. No problem. Good to be here. A lot of great local ties to St. Louis, ties to Missouri in general, and one of which a very popular name is Walter Cronkite. I don't think he gets enough credit. I love his eyebrows. I I think they are <laughs> trademark. Now, my wife, for example, I let them grow out like that, and she's always telling me I need to trim these things. But I say, no, if it's good enough for Walter Cronkite, it's good enough for me. <laughs> so what did you decide to cover on Walter Cronkite in your book? Oh, yeah. As you mentioned, Walter Cronkite uh, had uh, Missouri ties, um, went to Missouri Western State University uh, up in uh, St. Joseph, Missouri. Um, but, yeah, well, there was no better news broadcaster, at least, uh, back in the day and uh, most trusted man in America, I think people used to call him. And um, it, it was one of the funny things, or I thought it was funny, um, in the ways that he would cover stories, uh, just, just to show you the way that you know the times were back then, um, after President Kennedy had been assassinated, um, he had obviously come in and, you know, interrupt a, a broadcast to, to, you know, to tell the audience about it. But he interrupted this soap opera and they didn't have a camera available in the studio. Now, think about think about 
think about that, like in today's turn, a news studio not having a camera available, you know, it, it's just insane to me. And so on the, you know, all you saw on the television was CBS News Bulletin. That's the only thing they, they plastered up on the screen. And you hear Walter Cronkite speaking. And then eventually they found a camera somehow found a camera for Walter to speak into. And, and then, he, you know, he made that announcement. But just, a, you know, just what a difference, um, you know, the media was ba- back then. Um, and of course, he was the first one, you know, the, a trailblazer for, for being a, uh, you know, a newscaster. And, you know, people will, I think, remember the way that he spoke. He had a very distinct sound to him. And so he spoke. 124 words per minute, which um, that's important to know because the average person speaks about, I don't know, about 50 words uh, faster than that. So he slowed down the way that he spoke and and practiced at this um, so that people would, you know, really be able to take in and understand what he was saying. And, you know, you think about a lot of broadcasts now, they, they speak really fast. And so he he trained himself to speak 124 words a minute. Um, and so this back to the travel component here. Uh, if you go to Missouri State, uh, Missouri Western State University in St. Joseph, they have this Walter Cronkite Memorial. It's been open since 2013. And what's great is they have a lot of the artifacts uh, relating to uh, Walter Cronkite. You know, his, a lot of his awards. They have his desk that he used for many years. And then they they recreated the studio that he broadcast from uh, when he was at CBS, and um, you know right right down to you know that big um, you know photo I guess is a photo or drawing of the world right behind him you know the planet the globe and um, and so you can sit down at this desk and um, you know the, you can take a little uh, picture in one of the old uh, CBS news cameras as sort of a keepsake, you know, from you know, your visit there. Uh, but just a really well done memorial, lots of video, um, you know, lots of stories from uh, him and then also, you know, people that knew him. Um, but yeah, he's a, a great, a great tie to uh, Missouri. And again, I, we've mentioned it several times that to that uh, highway 36 uh, stretch of road where you have all these great Missouri people. Um, and, and he's, he's certainly one of them. Wow. That sounds really cool. I, that's something I would enjoy doing my yeah. wife and my son. Probably not. <laughs> I don't know if they'd be into that, but he was <laughs> um, something else. Thing. I get it. Yeah. It is a broadcaster thing. So I would get up there. Oh, I wonder what microphone he used. You know, you check out things like that. Well, they had it. Yeah, they had his glasses, too. So, you know, he had those signature glasses that, you know, every anybody that's watched or paid attention to the TV news, you know, they, the newscasters love to take their glasses off when they're getting serious. Right. They set them down and they yeah, look into the camera. They have Walter Cronkite's glasses, too. So I actually have a picture of me in the book wearing Walt wearing. Well, not his glasses, but glasses that look like the ones he had on. And uh, yeah, again, you just you, they let you take this picture of yourself sitting behind the anchor desk. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Oh, I know. That's just one of those very memorable moments. And it could have been a cigarette, you know. The things have also changed over time when it comes to (laughs) smoking during broadcasts. But there's all kinds of great um, interviews of Walter Cronkite saved in the KMOX archives because his affiliation with CBS, he would pop in and do these interviews every now and then. That was kind of cool to to go back and hear some of those. But a lot of, you know, for the longest time, a lot of pride that uh, Walter Cronkite on TV, but right here from Missouri, um, you know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people very familiar with Lewis and Clark because of St. Charles, and they really embrace that. Uh, there's, you know, the statues that are down there on the right by the water, and then there's different historical locations that's, uh, you know, there's the museum, things like that. So that might have been probably the easiest one for you to do, because if you're here, it's probably a 10-minute drive for you to check that out. 
<laughs> yeah, and you know, and there are Lewis and Clark sites all over the country, um, and so um, yeah, that that one wasn't too difficult to put together. Well, what is difficult, and I mentioned this earlier, is you know how do you whittle down so much of this information into just a couple of pages for folks? But you know, you kind of want to just whet their appetite. But yeah, we're very lucky to be in this region, and um, you have some sites on the Illinois side, and of course down in St. Charles. Um, and then, you know, obviously all the way out west, you can find different um, Lewis and Clark sites. But um, but, yeah, that's another great tie to Missouri in all. And this is not planned. I honestly, when I put this together, uh, I did not set out to have a bunch of Missouri um, sites in the book. Truly, it wasn't, you know, kind of me being a homer. It just sort of happened. And um, and so I think well, there are certainly more Missouri sites in this book than any other state. Um, but I think it comes down to like, I think there's like 12 different people that have Missouri ties that wind up uh, in this book. Everybody from Johnny Morris of, you know, Bass Pro fame, um, George Washington Carver. I mentioned Mark Twain, J.C. Penney, even um, the gentleman that created the uh, sliced bread machine out in Chillicothe, Missouri. I don't know if you've ever made it out that way, but you can, uh, they have the, the very first bread slicer, which is, was a pretty big deal at the time that, um, nobody actually thought would work. Nobody thought who would want their bread sliced, you know, or, or <laughs> to have their, to have their bread pre-sliced, um, to a guy that was ahead of his time. But yeah, I'm really fortunate that, you know, I live here in Missouri and was, you know, so close to so many of these sites to be able to include them. Yeah, so uh, probably the very first St. Louis Bread Co. where they slice the bagel like bread didn't make the cut for your book. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite put it in those terms. No, you know what's funny? You mentioned St. Louis Bread Company. I, I travel yeah. again all over the United States, drive everywhere, um, and you see the. This is, I guess, free advertising for them, but um, you see the Panera logo all over the place and i just get a little upset every time i see this and i i will say to the people when i when i will go in i'll say you know this is this is not this is st louis bread company and they just look at you like what what are you talking about and it's not panera it's st louis bread company uh, uh-huh but i guess yeah well i have um, family fly everywhere yeah when when we have friends or family that come in and we drive by a location they look at that and they say wow that logo looks exactly like panera and, you know, they don't know the ties <laughs> locally here. It's always one of those deals. Uh, you know, on some other names that come in. I know you mentioned Mark Twain, but I don't think we really talked about him in detail. But what a what a name in Mark Twain. And, you know, something that I think when you try to come up with the famous people in Missouri, if I guess if you were to do some sort of um, uh, Mount Rushmore of Missouri fame, Mark Twain would be on that one. Yeah, and so uh, I'm assuming many of your listeners have been to Hannibal, Missouri, but if they haven't or they haven't uh, recently, um, that's a great trip. It's, you know, it takes about two hours to get up there, and, and they have um, his boyhood home, his childhood home, and you can tour through the house. But they also have all of these sites that inspired um, you know, a lot of his writing. And so it's really cool to go and see you know, the house where uh, Becky Thatcher lived or to go to the Mark Twain cave where, you know, as a kid, he would hang out and, and play with his friends. And, you know, some of the stories uh, that, you know, he, he writes about were, you know, were inspired from the cave or just being on, you know, the, the little river boat that they have there, a little paddle boat. Um, and, you know, you can, you can, you can feel what Mark Twain felt when he was a kid and, and he, you know, spent this time there along the river and, you know, so much of, his life and so many of his stories came from being, you know, a child living on the river, living on the great Mississippi river. And so, um, but yeah, that's a, that's a great destination. It's, it's, you know, being in St. Louis, we're so lucky that, you know, we're so close to so many of these sites, not just in Missouri, but 
really all over the country. I mean, I mentioned I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I live in St. Louis where all of my road trips begin here. And it is incredible how many places you can get to um, within, you know, even just six or seven hours in any direction. Um, and so, but again, Hannibal, Missouri, uh, great ties to Mark Twain. And they, they have, the, you know, the signage up so you know what you're looking at. Um, and, of course, the old, you know, Main Street there with some, you know, cool shops and little restaurants and, and a Mark Twain museum. And um, but that's definitely worth a stop. That's great. He also has fantastic eyebrows. Uh, him and Walter Cronkite, <laughs> they, they know how to grow the eyebrows in Missouri. Eh? That's something we And uh, Andy export. Rooney, which has no ties to Missouri, but I thought I'd throw <laughs> that out there because we're talking about eyebrows. Okay. <laughs> so we, we open up the phone lines. Your favorite eyebrows. Call in now. No, um, Bill <laughs> Cleveland joins us. Do you mind holding on for one more segment? Yeah. Sure thing. This yeah. is great. And yeah, check the book out on Amazon or local bookstores. Reedy Press does a great job getting this out. But uh, Finding the American Dream, we're going to continue to talk more local stories here. And you can look up his website, BillOnTheRoad.com. It's Overnight America, KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. MichaelsFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. <laughs> Overnight America, one more segment here. We're going to enjoy with our author our subject is the book finding the american dream local author bill cleveland again thanks for spending time with us tonight on overnight america yeah no problem you do all kinds of different traveling i guess in general um what's the perfect travel snack when you're behind the wheels at beef jerky slim jims what's your uh, what's your pick <laughs> That's so funny. Everyone asks those questions. And I always say, anything that doesn't smell or get on my steering wheel. I'm kind of a neat freak, so it's funny. I'll have people that travel with me, and I'm like, oh, you cannot eat that in my car. I'm sorry. You, oh. you, know, you, can't, you, can't, you can't bring that. Pretzels, for me, probably is the best. That's the easiest one. I put those in a Ziploc bag, and they're not too messy. They're, they're you know, pretty light, pretty, easy to, pretty uh. easy to eat. But, yeah, no, nothing that stinks. I, I can't have any of that uh, That's that in my car. <laughs> that is so boring. So you're not going to see a bunch of like fast food wrappers on your floorboards or anything. No, no I, you know, it's so funny. I did a, I did a, I used to do a podcast, a travel podcast. I was interviewing a guy uh, in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. He had just walked me around, you know, uh, or driven me around, uh, drove me around all these different sites in Gettysburg. And we're doing this interview in my car. We're sitting in my car uh, no more than 10 feet from where Lincoln delivered the Gettysburg Address because it was windy. We couldn't do an interview outside. You'll, you know what that's like, right? And yeah. so yeah, we, we sit, we're sitting in the car so you don't hear any wind. And uh, the guy does a you know, really great interview with me. We talked for probably 10 or 12 minutes. And I you know, said to him, is there anything else you know, that you would like to share with the audience? Anything you want to share with the listeners? And he goes, I just have to tell you, you have the cleanest car of anybody I have ever met in my entire life, and certainly for somebody that travels as much as you do. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that means I'm a little obsessive-compulsive, but it is what it is. All right, so let's. Uh, here's a would-you-rather scenario. So you're inside of a car. Would you rather have a child with full Cheeto hands in your car or <laughs> someone that tries to light a cigarette in your car? Which one would you rather oh have? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, is there a C option there? Uh, I don't know when either of those. Uh, you know, I, do, I, I travel by myself typically, which is – I always tell people it's a good way to travel if you can occasionally. I know a lot of people like to travel with a friend or, or family or, or whatever, but you know when you travel by yourself, you are really forced to uh, 
um, maybe not forced to, but but you, you're able to soak up things that you would not be able to if you had the distractions of somebody else. Just you know, just talking and, and this and that. But but when you when you're by yourself, you 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 listen to things differently, you see things differently, and it's really a great way to travel. Again, I know most people don't want to do that all the time, but you know, I suggest to people, and if you can, you know, once maybe every other year. Just, just go somewhere. Take a road trip, even if it's just for a few days, by yourself. You know, you can talk to complete strangers. Uh, you, you, it's even even interesting when you're you're you know hearing other people's conversations. Uh, it, it, there's so many things that are different when you travel by yourself that you really learn a lot not only about yourself but about the places that you go. Um, and I, I feel like when people travel with other folks, you, you miss out on so much stuff, even if it's just going through a museum or something like that. Um, so maybe that makes me weird, but but I, I do enjoy traveling by myself and. Um, well, uh, yeah, no, you, you heard it here first with uh, author Bill Cleveland. Leave your wife and kids. Don't contact them for two days. Disappear with the car and then show back up at home and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can quote me on that. That's fine. <laughs> do you normally do the stop offs yeah. if you're like driving down the road and, you know, it's the, it's the world's largest uh, toilet seat? And you go, oh, I got to see that. Do you normally stop oh, yeah. off for things like that? Oh, yeah. People. Yeah, and people hate driving with me because of that, because I stop at all of them. I, I have, you know, a few different apps on my phone that I use to find different, what you would call roadside attractions. Um, stop at a lot of those. And, you know, honestly, it's great for social media purposes because people like, you know, on Instagram or Facebook, they like seeing you with the different, you know, weird things. I just did a story over in KZ, Illinois, which is about two and a half hours east of St. Louis, right up 70, and they have the world's largest, well, they have 12, I think it's 12, maybe it's 15 different worlds largest things so you know on one end of their main street they have the world's largest rocking chair and then on the other end of the main street they have the world's largest mailbox and it's sort of like (laughs) being in that honey i shrunk the kids movie you know except you know everything is gigantic everywhere and they've got this you know a gigantic seesaw and a gigantic pitchfork and a you know a gigantic chevy truck key and it's all this stuff all over town it's just you know massive uh, but I live for that stuff. I love those things. I, I just think it's great, and it's it's pure Americana. You know, there's there's nothing like it. Love it. All right, so one more time, your website, BillOnTheRoad.com. They can find yeah. links to this book and others. Finding the American Dream is the latest one that's out there. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's road trips are fun. I need to, you inspired me. I want to go on a road trip now. Uh, I don't think I could keep it as clean as you with a six year old. <laughs> Not possible. Um, if you were to see the back seat where the six year old sits, so he's got his car seat or whatever, the uh, booster seat, and right where his feet are, oh, now that's a disaster. Um, you may even refuse to get into my car at that point. You would look at something like that, and it, you may pass out. You'd be so uh, upset with it. But well, you're I'm probably right. I'm shaking right now, actually, just thinking about it. <laughs> well, let me tell you what's yeah, down there. Like... Wrappers, French fries, and McDonald's uh, things uh, you, that he just drops oh, down God. there. It's hard well, to if you're do. looking for if you're looking for road trip ideas, now that I've inspired you, not only from the book, if you go to BillOnTheRoad.com, there's all sorts of great things, and I'm really fortunate because I do live in St. Louis. Um, I have a um, I, if you Google road trips from St. Louis, my website is the first one that pops up. I've got the number one Google ranking. Um, and so there's a lot of great ideas you can find that are easy trips, you know, less than 10 hours away from St. Louis uh, that you can go and, and just, you know, ex- explore 
don't go to the same places over and over. I know how I know how St. Louisans are. It's it's either Lake of the Ozarks, it's Florida, or you know where else Branson, I guess. But there are so many yeah. other places that you can go and, and check out. So thank you for for having me on, and hopefully folks will travel. So many other places, so many other giant things to see, and just hop <laughs> on the road and see it for yourself. And you know what? You wouldn't get that experience if you hopped on a tube, by the way. So, you know, if they do that hyperloop or whatever, you know, hop in a car, experience it. It's much better that way. Bill Cleveland on uh, the book again, Finding the American Dream, BillOnTheRoad.com. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. Have a good night. Thanks. That was a lot of fun. Uh, he joins us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. Oh, good hour. I love learning a little bit about history in that way. Things that uh, you just don't know until someone says it, and all of a sudden it's going to be implanted in your brain forever. You know, I didn't know about this sliced bread here in Missouri. That's great. Next hour, I do want to talk a little bit about the confirmation process of Amy Coney Barrett, a virtual learning, selling information, and how about Dave Scott, our friend from Radio? all coming up next on Overnight America KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.